Welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Mako. And on this episode of Good Show, we are discussing The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Set in the Second Age of Middle-earth, thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit, The Rings of Power explores the civilizations of men, dwarves, and elves when they were at their peak. But let me pause right there and rewind. Back before a synopsis for this series existed, back to 2017 with the landmark partnering of the Tolkien Estate and Amazon Prime, the TV series rights were sold for $250 million and contained with them a long list of stipulations. Now, I won't list them all, but some of them are pretty interesting and worth mentioning. First, Amazon would be unable to retell anything that had already been portrayed on screen. And all new content had to be in series form. They couldn't make new movies. Amazon would also have to begin production within two years of the deal being finalized. They had to commit to making five seasons of television which could include multiple shows, and they would be required to spend $1 billion on the first season they made, including the original purchase price for the rights. So why am I telling you all this information? For a few reasons. One, it's cool. Two, Amazon now owned the rights to some of the most valued IP on the planet. And three, this was going to be the most expensive TV series ever made. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power was created by J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay and aired for the first time in September of 2022. It just wrapped up, it's hot off the stove, spoilers are spreading like wildfire on the internet. And with that, Anthony, let's talk Rings of Power. Let's do it. I think we need some like safe words and ground rules here before we get into, or just what are the rules of this episode? I mean, tight, tight lipped. Tight-lipped about, but we're only tight-lipped about this particular TV series because obviously you've had a chance to watch The Lord of the Rings. So, like, as we're talking, that's that's implied. That's what I'm talking about. So, like, there's some information we might bring up that's from Lord of the Rings that kind of feeds into this. Not exactly feeds into it, obviously, but it's useful for this. So we could talk about that. I think one of the ground rules would be. If I read it in a book, I still probably can't talk about it if it has to do with this series. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. Because so I haven't, I haven't done any additional reading, anything outside of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. But I have done extensive research on you know different topics online. So sure, I I do know more than more information than would be included in just the TV series. So I'm I'm probably going to lay off that stuff too just yeah, because yeah. I mean it yeah, it could get a little hairy pretty quick. I think we'll be fine. I just wanted to make sure we talked about that stuff. Also, a lot of the stuff you brought up in the intro I did not know. It's very very interesting and all the stipulations. I, yeah. I'm glad you shared that. It, you should have seen this this list, man. It was crazy. And it was quite a bit different than I don't have the specifics of the uh, Peter Jackson um, contract, but wait, did uh, Pe- so they bought it from Peter Jackson? No, okay. No, no, no. Um, Peter Jackson, and I don't even know that it was specifically Peter Jackson, but whoever had the rights uh, for the movies, yes. they got them from the Tolkien estate, and then they reverted back, I guess, and then Amazon made their own deal with the Tolkien estate, and that's where we are now. 
So, like, basically, Peter Jackson could not possibly do anything else. He, like, rented it from them for a little while, and now Amazon's renting it from them for a little while. I don't know for sure, sure but, yeah, that sounds right. And I, th- I think this deal seemed a little more – it seemed like Christopher Tolkien was actually just passing off the rights at that point. Mm-hmm. From what I read, it seemed like that he was handing, he was handing them over. Now – Again, I don't have all the specifics of the contract, but yeah, it did seem a little more of a big deal this time around than it was with uh, the movies. Also, with the amount of money, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I, I, yeah, but whatever. No, we don't need to dwell on that, I guess. So, I remember first seeing a trailer for this show during the Super Bowl last year. Uh huh. This year. This year. 2020, this year. 2022 Super Bowl. And it was in January. Is that in January? Mm hmm. And I remember I mean, thinking maybe February, just to be fair, in case it might have been February. I can't remember. Oh, OK. It was early. Yes. Early. It was, a, it, was, it was cold. I remember that. Dr. I remember Dre. thinking, goodness gracious, they better not screw this up. Yeah. My first thought. Yeah. I don't remember loving the trailer. It it looked OK, but I, I remember thinking, like, maybe there's not a ton of the show filmed at this point or you know, assembled so they could like maybe they had to use some unfinished right. footage or something for a trailer. Anyway, stuff was trickling out mm-hmm. over time. We got a brand new trailer a couple of months ago and it sold me. I mean, it was great. Interesting. I, I don't even think I, I saw the Super Bowl one, obviously. I don't think I saw the second one, but here, my, my position ended up being I was willing to give this series a try, but I was sort of going in grumpy about it. I was sort of like <laughs> skeptical, obviously just like, eh, it's not, but, but okay. I, I had not written it off. I'm like somewhere in between, but what that meant was I sort of like prepared myself so that I didn't prejudge it in many ways. That way I wouldn't. Cause I was, I was actually probably more afraid that things like the trailer would turn me off. I probably wouldn't have watched that first trailer if it weren't during the Super Bowl. And right. then the second one, I was like, I, it's not out yet. I'm not even going to start thinking about this show until it's out. Mm-hmm. And I can like dig in and decide for myself what I want. Yeah. I think if anything, I was more worried about being let down than of course. Yes. Like that feeling was stronger than my excitement for new Lord of the Rings content. So yes, and just it, because I, I hold the original movie series with such high regard and it's sacred, you know, it's a, it's a sacred piece of, of cinema. So it's pretty special. Yeah. And I think there's something, yeah, sacred is a good word, but even like to be able to go back to originally watching even the books, but watching the original movies for the first time, like that first experience of it. Mm hmm. You just don't get your first experience again. And then so now we're dealing with like, yeah, maybe this is going to open that universe back up and you'll have that same feeling one more time. Or maybe it's going to ruin it all. Like you're going to open <laughs> and nothing in between. Yes. Right. It's going to be it's going to be great. Add to it, you know, expand or it's going it's going to have a, you know, every time there's a new piece of Star Wars content yep. that gets released. Yes. I feel the same way. Yep. I finally gotten myself to a place where I can kind of just take it in stride and focus on how much I love the original Star Wars. So hopefully, I mean, there's just not as much Lord of the Rings content as there is a Star Wars, but yeah, for sure. Anyway, I would say those are some of the main things that grabbed me first. I mean, is there Mm -hmm. anything else we're missing there? 
no, it, probably just the initial announcement that was basically even that we're going to open this world back up. That was a that was sort of that's a, big a draw, draw alone. Yeah, yeah by for itself. sure. That is, but, it, but it's a really hesitant draw. So like, it's certainly interesting. It certainly piques your interest. But at the same time, you're like, no, don't you dare. So for me, at least. Yeah. So yeah, no, very, yeah, very interesting. So do we even need to ask how does this show feel? I mean. The only reason I would want to talk about it is because in every way that we, uh, so obviously you're probably, I think, inferring that we are sim- cinematic with this show. I think so. Yeah. For sure. No brainer for what, me. But as I thought about this question and as I was watching, the one thing I would like to point out is that it's got these big news headline type things like the budget was massive. You know, it has a massive budget. Like mm-hmm. we're opening up the story for like one of the most famous narratives in fiction we're opening that back up so there's huge headlines so that the like hype alone is cinematic and it would have pushed it into cinematic no matter what the thing i want to point out though is i actually think it achieved most of the levels yes that it was going for so right I don't want you to think, listeners, I don't want you to think that we're giving it cinematic because of something like, well, it had an $800 million budget. budget. How could it not be cinematic? Uh-huh. Uh, I thought they used the money really well. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of money, but it looks expensive and it's done really, really well. I guess I'm just trying to say, yes, I would classify it cinematic, but there's a difference between like hype cinematic and mm-hmm. real cinematic. And I'm going to give it real cinematic. I don't know. If, does that make you think anything or anything? Yeah. The one thing I was thinking is, is there's no way I would want it to be anything else other than this as yeah. big as po- and as expensive as possible. Like if you're going to do it, you better do it big. Yeah. And you bet. And, you, oh, and yeah. it better. It better cost a lot of money. It's epic. Just, yeah. Because I feel like there is a way. So I know that the Lord of the Rings series, I know that the Tolkien estate, they were in talks with HBO. Oh. Um, I remember thinking, I remember, I feel like I remember hearing something about Netflix, but I'm not going to say that. I know HBO was in the running and I don't know. I mean, HBO does, they do big stuff. They yeah. did, you know, the game of Thrones is huge still though. I don't know the uh, game of Thrones is big enough. No, this is, I, yeah, this is more cinematic than game of Thrones. I think. Yes. And I feel like there's a way to make it feel big, but also kind of make it think like, well, you know, that's their a game there. You know, they, there isn't anywhere to go from there. And the rings of power just blows every other series out of the water as, as far as those like big epic scenes. And, um, there's just really nothing else to compare it to. No. Um, And, and, and even if you put it in the fantasy realm with, with game of Thrones, it made game of Thrones look very small. Yeah. Very small. Like yes. Pales in comparison to, to what they did with the show. It's crazy. So the characters in this show are, Almost entirely new. Mm-hmm. Is it is it safe to say that there are some that we recognize? Is that a spoiler? Yeah, I don't think that's a spoiler. One of the things you get in the show is backstory on certain characters that it's funny because it's like thousand year difference backstory. Yes. But when you're talking right. about elves, that's all right. Like, you know, yeah. that I'm um, so Galadriel is in played by uh, what's her name? The, the original Kate yeah. Blanchett. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Blanchett plays galadriel so that's who you're learning about yes galadriel is one of the big main characters and i think one of the one of the main reasons to bring that up is because there are some potential other spoilers but i don't really think galadriel is elrond is another one you get you you learn a lot about elrond and he's played by whoever the mr anderson dude 
Oh, shoot. Yeah. I don't know. It that doesn't one. matter. Mr. Anderson. Oh, Hugh, Hugo Mitch. Weaving. Yeah. yeah, yeah I do okay. know that one off the top of my head. <laughs> nice. Um, so those two are, those huge. are the only two though. Those are the only two characters that we are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause elves. Well, uh, yeah. From movies, but except you hear people's names in the movie. So, okay. My, po- my, my overall point is basically that, uh, cause I did, th- I thought they did an excellent job connecting this, the universe, staying within the universe, connecting the stories. You really mm-hmm. are learning prequel information basically. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, um, specifically relevant to the movies in the way that like something like the Hobbit is because of, right. because of the time difference. Right. But it is, we're talking about the universe and, and all the same rules, you know, everything's the same as the movies. It, and mm-hmm. so you have a couple carryover characters, but, um, but it's so much time has passed that it can't be that many. Right. 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 Any, any new characters that you ended up really falling in love with, enjoying a lot on screen. Yeah, I feel like I have to lay out this in a in a sort of a broader picture idea. Okay. It's something I sort of want to relay to people who are interested in potentially watching this show. I had probably the reaction that most people who love Lord of the Rings would have going into the show. This show feels so Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That when you first start watching it, you have to fight this urge to not like it because, and here's why. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's fair, but it's, it's because I, Oh, I recognize this world, but I don't recognize any of the people. It'd be like going home 30 years later and everyone has moved away. You know, something like that. Like yeah. I, re- I recognize the town, but where are my friends? Or it's like going back to your high school, like 40 or years or going later. back to your childhood home. Yeah. You know, something like someone else yeah, is and somebody else is living in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like, obtrusive it feels like like something what are you doing there yeah a violation is going on of some sort yeah so it i think it takes you a moment to like fall in love with these characters especially like with with like races like elves and dwarves and men and you know these different things like it just feels so like oh these are dwarves but they're not the dwarves i know it feels familiar but there's actually something really wrong about that familiarity that you're that you're experiencing I think that's actually a testament to how much care they put into this show. The fact that it feels so familiar. I feel like they had to nail the feeling. I mean, it needs to feel like you're returning to middle earth, not like you're going to some new place. So I think that is something they absolutely nailed. I wanted to jump back to uh, Elrond and Galadriel real quick. Yes. Because, and and this is kind of in the same vein, you know, what was it like? Because we're super familiar with uh, Hugo Weaving, Kate Mm -hmm. Blanchett. What was it like seeing them played? by new actors and actually more importantly what was it like seeing this like younger very different version being played out on screen for you yeah i thought they did an excellent job casting i mm. bought them both quickly which yeah. which is a big deal and obviously these are the two that are going to carry me forward through the one thing i do want to say about like to finish my thought was i did eventually fall in love with a lot of other characters but it just took okay. took me a minute but it was Elrond and Galadriel that like brought me through that. I literally remember the point. I, I remember the part where I was like, well, I do want to see what happened. Like I was about to be like, nah. And then hmm. I was like, I want to see what happens with Galadriel, especially because Galadriel's not that prominent in the movies. She's not the most prominent. Oh yeah. She's, no. she's not the pro- most prominent elf. 
So, which is interesting because she kind of opens up the first movie with her right. narration right. and a lot of stuff. Yes. So, I mean, you know, she's important, yes. but you're right. She's not like a main character. Yeah. So you really feel like you're learning more, but, but anyway, they had to do this weird thing where they have, they cast these two new people who obviously have to not carry the show. I mean, once you see it, you'll know that there's many different things going on, but they're substantial figures within the show. They have to grab your attention. You have to really like them, but they also have to connect to people that already that played mm-hmm. in movies 20 years ago. Like they to, need to get the essence yes. of the original characters. And they do. I think, mm-hmm. I think they did yes. a really good job, but then also they stand out on their own. I thought they were uh-huh. both excellent. It's hard to put my finger on it, but at some point, you kind of accept these new versions. Yes. And it just fits. It's definitely something that could have made a lot of people stumble, especially if you're you know, a big fan of the original movies or anything like that. It's dangerous. We just went through this kind of the, a little bit with The Crown. You know, when you cast new people to play mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. role, it just takes a little bit of time to get used to it. And I feel like the learning curve here was much quicker. It, it really like just fell into place quite nicely. Yeah, anything else on characters? Anyone else stand out? Um, I, yeah, just to quickly list, just because that th- there were several I really enjoyed it, but yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, my favorites weren't necessarily the ones that maybe they wanted to be my favorites. I really loved the people who played. I think it's uh, Disa and then Durin, basically the most prominent elves in this story. Dwarves, dwarves. Yeah, sorry, dwarves in this story. I loved both of them. I also mm-hmm. loved Bronwyn and Arendir. So those are just standouts, and I think there were so many people that I, I really, really enjoyed. It is fun to become aware of who is in the story as it goes. Like, oh, I remember yeah. them. Yeah. So yes, yeah, I can. And, that, and I that's a great. Po- that's a great point. The things that you hear that are familiar, or the things that you recognize from somewhere, maybe you don't know exactly where you've heard them before, uh-huh. where you've seen them before. Those things, especially if you're like just a movie fan, if you know, if you haven't done further reading. You know, hearing things that you remember or that you recognize really, I feel like, sell this show even more to you. Oh, yeah. I had this weird relationship with. (laughs) Just the way. I know. It's not even even going the way you think. (laughs) With Afrin? No. No. Adar. I, I, like, I found Adar so compelling. So he's a bad guy. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a spoiler at all. No, I, no. But in a world where they usually build the bad guys to be like ugly figures. Well, yeah, we had this big, long conversation about monsters. This is one yes. of the few yeah. where like Lord of the Rings just has like monster people, like not a whole lot of like depth, just kind of gruesome and, and big and looming. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with. But what then also here. what's funny about Adar is that like basically He's in this, like, supposed to represent pure evil. And I kept finding him like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. Like, he's, he's representing evil, but he's, uh, he's kind of cool. So many good characters. I, I, I think also another thing worth pointing out is I mentioned in the intro, this is kind of the peak of these civilizations. Uh-huh. So you're seeing just richer cultures. If you think back to even the hobbit lord of the rings and even the hobbit a lot of these dwarven kingdoms are in ruins yeah and you see some remnants you know you you and you wonder what they must have been like you see flashbacks Uh i guess also you get to see the kazakh doom the uh, mines of moria in full splendor so i mean some of that is like 
this is really the the rich age of some of the civilizations. Yep. Which really adds, I mean, that just adds to the characters. Mm-hmm. There's just they really build out um, these different races. The story is probably where I was worried the most. Uh-huh. I haven't really done further reading outside of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. So I didn't know where they could go, what they could do. I was pretty much lost. So uh, I feel like th- this was the one thing that had to be nailed, right? I mean, like they yeah. had to build a compelling story, a compelling narrative, just a broad feeling overall. How do you feel like they did with the story? Excellent. Uh, just flat out excellent. And I was, I- eight, yeah, eight episodes. Uh-huh. And it, it, it really feels like it, it moves pretty well, right? Yeah. There are some slow spots, but only in the way, like every time I caught myself thinking, oh, it's getting a little slow. I would think about like how slow Lord of the Rings was. And I was oh. like, okay, it's got the same feeling, but it's not as slow. So it's not, no. you know, what am I complaining about? Um, they do, they, they, in a similar way, they'll draw out certain scenes that are like, um, they like capitalizing on a sense of hopelessness that, you know, just sit there for a second before they move on to something else, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so they really dive into that, but I read the Cimmerillion okay. and some, some other material at one point and, okay. but it's been a long time, very long time. It was after the movies, I believe. But anyway, the way a lot of the other Tolkien stuff is set up is in a lot of short stories. So what's interesting is they took this set of, and I obviously cannot remember what all is in the books and, you know, how much is true. I was sort of proud of myself because I texted you earlier and I, I like pulled out, I think one of the only characters that they sort of made up on their own. That's not a spoiler. I don't think, but there's, there's a character that the show kind of made up and put into the universe. And I, I text you and I was like, I can't believe I can't remember this character. And you were like, oh no, that's the one they made up. So I was sort of proud that I sort of, that fell right. off to me. Yeah. 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 At the same time, reading these short stories, I couldn't quite tell you what all is in there, but what mm-hmm. I do love is there's so many things I, as it happened in the story, I was like, that's correct. I know that's correct. Like this is, mm-hmm. this all feels very correct. And it's telling the story that was in several stories before, and it's melding it into one sort of story before. Mm-hmm. And we've got all these different times and different ages of, of um, the kingdoms and stuff. So, you know, they could go anywhere and they got a lot more story they could tell. But I will say that for whatever reason, it, it did feel like the perfect blend of they didn't just like go off on their own with it, like use some similar names and then add a bunch of story to it. Right. Um, they stayed within the universe and they were very true to the source material, um, but they did do some work to kind of bring it together into one story, which I just thought they did really, mm-hmm. really well. And from the perspective of some of the source material for Lord of the Rings, I thought they chose wisely what to include at this point and what not mm-hmm. to include because it's it's very sc- similarian type things are very scattered. Um, yeah. And they had to narrow their focus. And I thought they did that well. Well, I know like there are a few things in the show that are big in the show and they are based off a couple of lines in one of the books. Yeah, right. And I, I think that is really that X factor. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to be able to do more with less, build this out, working on very limited framework. I think that is the the part that really excelled for me. And 
the movies are way better than this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I think, though, that this has a little bit more attention-grabbing material, more frequent attention-grabbing material. The funny thing is the movies are th- – that might have been more difficult in this because the movies are based on, like, fleshed-out story. Like, yeah. it's it's very clear. Well, that's – yeah, the, that's the one thing where there's a lot of info, and it reads like a story yeah. is The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yes. This this is – yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Who did a better job? These guys or uh, Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson had more to work with. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I refuse to answer. I would, I would, on, I would on never. advice I'm of just, counsel. I'm just throwing a little gasoline out there. <laughs> yeah. This is interesting. I I don't know as far as like the writing goes. We we know kind of what that Middle Earth ease sounds like. You know, like we yeah. know what um, kind of everyone should sound like, should talk like. It's interesting though. I think. It does have like a modernized feel a little bit in some places, mm-hmm. um, but I do feel like they get the essence of so like the Elven language had never been heard until Peter Jackson gave it like yes. a sound right, and that's something that they obviously use. They they, they yeah, reuse. but they don't use it nearly as much as Peter Jackson did. They have, that's correct. They avoid it a lot. That's correct. Yeah. But they still get that feel, that same feel uh-huh. that yeah. that Peter got with, you know, with the original movies. Yep. I think one thing I enjoyed in this was the humor. Hmm. And that's not something that is, you know, you don't think Lord of the Rings and, and funny. It just doesn't. It's not a couple of things that, you know, really feel like they go together. But um, I will say that I've always found the dwarves to be pretty humorous good sense of sure. humor like and whether or not they're trying to be funny they they end up making me laugh quite a bit and i do feel like the dwarves kind of have the monopoly on humor mm-hmm. does that make the show feel lopsided at all to you like some parts are really you know desolate and dark other parts are light and you know um kind of free-spirited i i don't know other you know some storylines are like just battle others are that, you know, does it make it feel lopsided or is it all still like feel like it fits together really well? I do think that. Uh, so I think you're right that the dwarves do it most often, but the, hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but uh, the, the proud foots and you know, the, whatever that we don't know what that race is called. Do we, there, there is like a, uh, the pre hobbits, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is uh, like another, another hobbit like race in this, yeah. in this show. And that's no, not a spoiler. They have like, funny moments that's true lighthearted that's moments. true the hobbits are always very lighthearted um, um yeah i would agree with that i would so, agree but, with that but I, I mean you're you know not to split hairs here you're definitely right and i think it's just mostly about i know what i was signing up for when i popped this on i wasn't sure. expecting to laugh yeah. but i do think that you i do think the moments of levity are nice right like it, it's a good breath of fresh air in the middle of a lot of tension for sure i will say this show does go a little darker sometimes um in certain places than i remember the original uh movie series going did that did that ever hit you i think i get the sense that you're right like that that doesn't yeah. sound like an untrue statement although i hadn't thought about it until now i'm not really going to say how it just has a just a darker feel sometimes and it's not all the time it's just in certain places uh, it really kind of 
uh, you're like, whoa, uh, I don't remember that, you know, in the original. It's, yeah. I don't know. Just something little. Some Except, little stuff. The only thing that's making me giving me pause is basically like you're literally talking about the darkest dark versus the lightest light. You know, yeah. like, and that's what the Lord of the Rings does. Like, absolutely. So at least in theory, it would, this one wouldn't be any darker than the movies, but I do think potentially this show portrays it better. And I do think it has an advantage on the movies that obviously it's, it's a lot later, much mm-hmm. higher production quality. So, mm-hmm. um, it can, man, and that's crazy. Just sorry, just to interject. The Lord of the Rings were groundbreaking. Oh yeah, when when they came out, yeah. it's crazy that we've advanced. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. That yeah. hit me when you said that. I remember people talking about the special effects, and they were just doing things that had never been done on screen before. Yeah, and yeah, this a television show is pushing the envelope again. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Well, Anthony, who is this show for? And before you answer, I don't mean, you know, 18 to 25 elementary kids. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. Is this for fans of the movies? Mm -hmm. Is this for people who have, you know, only people who have done further reading and are kind of deep into the lore? Or do you feel like this is accessible to everyone? New, you know, new fans. Is this, does this have the potential to, to make, or create new fans. Oh yeah, I think it definitely does. I think the the million dollar question with that is where do you start this journey? Well, let's say the answer is you're starting with this. Yeah. Could you start here? Yeah, I mean that's really hard because I didn't, so it's really hard to answer. I think no. I think I mean I'm I I tend to agree with that because I'm not the type of person who can just be okay with other information out there. So yeah. I mean I, f- I have a feeling you're the same you're the same it's, w- it, way with that. It's just funny because you would think that watching a thousand years in the past would be better to watch that first and then what eventually happens. Except just the way this was created to be prequel esque. So yeah. I think this gets a lot of weight by connecting to story that's already there. So I think, I think watching the movie first, I didn't just hear you say though, that it's only good because of the original movies. No, you no. Peter Jackson did a lot of the heavy lifting. I think that is fair to say. Yeah. In building this out, less had to be done introduction wise because of what Peter Jackson did. Yeah. And let's say, I mean, like if I am assuming that, somehow we're talking to somebody who's never seen any of it at all. This is what I'm about to say is dangerous from a spoiler perspective. Although all I'm going to do is spoil the movies, but sort of, (laughs) but basically knowing the whole narrative, the large like conflict climax resolution happens in the movies and Mm -hmm. you can't beat that. Like it, it, no matter what they do with this series, they cannot beat that. We're still working towards that. So the main reason you care about the show is because it gives you more information about where we're eventually going, but it's designed. So you watch where we go first. I'm trying to think of us a non-spoiler example of this. And what something that popped into mind was like where ring bearers go at the end of the movies. Mm -hmm. 
there's a little bit of that, like there's elves heading there in the show. And you learn what that is in the movies. Mm-hmm. And when people are heading there, you know where they're going because of the movie. It relies on that information you already knew. Yeah. And, and the justification for why they go there. So it's different things like that. And I'm being so hesitant because I think it's really hard to remember or to like separate in my head what I already knew versus what yeah. I just found out. But I, I do think it is the case, like shut off the show, go watch the movies. Well, I think and- that's the main, yeah, that's the main point. You should watch the movies first. Oh, okay. I didn't know if the, okay. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not my question. Okay. I'm saying now based on kind of what you're saying yes. and like, our main message here is you should watch the movies first. Yeah. That, that should be what you're doing. My question was, could you watch these shows on their own? I think you could, but the right way to do this is watch the movies first. Yes. Yeah. 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 So then the question ends up being to like your original question, who's this for then in that case, it seems like it's for Lord of the Rings fans, which is an interesting statement to make. I, I'm going to reiterate the fact that I think you could watch these this show by itself without it ever is, having seen. Lord I of the think Rings. it is good enough to stand alone. Yeah, but it'll I think be, there's enough. I just think it'll be better to not stand alone. So one thing that I the first thing I need to do is know all the rules of the world. Yeah, I need to know how things work. And I think that's something that Fellowship of the Ring does really well. Yes. You, you learn about the different races. You learn about what they do. You learn about how they live. You learn you learn all this stuff. It, I mean, I can think of, you know, Star Wars does this. Harry Potter does this. They build out the world in the early movies. And then the second movie, third movie rolls around. They don't have to do it again. Yeah. They can get down. They can trim the fat and do just basically do bigger things with the story because they don't have to introduce everything all over again. My point is. I feel like there's enough compelling television here that you don't need to know everything. Yeah, but imagine trying to watch this show without having watched the first if, 10 minutes of Lord of the Rings. What if people have tried to watch Lord of the Rings and they were like, I just couldn't do it. I know people like I just this. don't think they're going to like this show then. But So you would say don't even bother. Well, sh- certainly try it. Why not? But I just if, if you've decided you don't like Lord of the Rings, I don't know why you would like this. I mean, I think that is... That is maybe the crucial moment is like that initial hump that you got to get over. Are you even going to choose to turn this on if you don't like Lord of the Rings? Oh. Like, I, I think that would be the issue, you know? Well, it's um, certainly you, a, it's certainly a masterpiece. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's colorful and bright and flashy and, you know, just. From a cinematic perspective, I, I was, something to behold. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to find a way to work this in, but like the scoring is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very Lord of the Ringsy in that there's constant score, uh, not con- maybe not constant. Don't quote me on constant, but near constant score, and um, it's it's uh, somehow captures the essence of what a Lord of the Rings soundtrack would have, and at the same time, it's quite original. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's the score is incredible. And so all those things, it's so well done that maybe you would like it. I just, mm-hmm. I also can't imagine watching this first and then going to the Lord of the Rings. I don't know why I suppose you could. It seems like we're split. I don't know that we actually are. No, I don't think we this. are split. I don't think we're split, but I mean, I, I guess I, I'm not getting your distinction of you could, but you shouldn't. No, no. And that's exactly my, that is exactly what I'm saying. 
You could, but you should. Well, I'm. That's fine. I that agree exact, with that. That's exactly what I'm saying. I agree with that. You could, but I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think this. The I think the, my point is this show has the potential to bring in new fans and then maybe point people to the movies oh. and be like, "Hey, you should do this though." Well, I mean, certainly a new generation. Yeah, because yeah. the issue with um, the issue with Lord of the Rings is going to end up being like it, like you said. It's funny to say this at this point because it was so groundbreaking, but it is dated a bit. So this might get you into the world and get you to like like the rules and then you go on potentially for a younger fan or something. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, no, I'm not going to keep talking about star Wars, but it's interesting how there's so many correlations here. I mean, the fact that Lucas really kind of crapped the bed with the prequels. Yeah. Made him almost uh, irrelevant compared to the, uh, the original series, but Jackson, not to the same extent, but also crapped the bed on the Hobbit. They're not great. I agree. I agree. I do think it was on a lesser. Oh, yeah, it was lesser, but it's quite a bit. It's an interesting, similar situation. Something about prequels, man. Yeah. Something about prequels. Um, I think the main issue there was the fact that The Hobbit is such a small book and it probably should have just been one movie. Yeah. And they stretched it into three, which was a terrible idea. Yeah. Money. Money makes the world go round. Speaking of money. So I have one question here, and I think we we nailed this uh, quite a bit in the early in the earlier parts of this episode. Again, most expensive TV series ever made. Let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. That, that's that is a big freaking deal, and I think we answered that. I you know I'm, I was curious if you know it was worth it, and where did we really see the extra dollars? And the CGI is cinema quality CGI. Uh huh. The it looks really good. It does not look fake. No, yeah. it, everything looks. Very, very, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that everything was shot in New Zealand, which is a truckload of money. I mean, uh, the fact that the movie rights were were so daggone expensive. I mean, that's that's really where we see most of uh, most of the money spent. the The actors are pretty much unknown actors. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a lot of money spent there. Not important though. Yeah, it does seem like they put the money in the most important parts. Yeah, I think it was a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, I mean, worth it is an interesting question to me because it's an insane amount of money. Wait, do you mean like could they have fed starving people? Well, no. Is that what we're asking? No, no, no. no. I'm not trying to go there because obviously they should have. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, I don't know. Why I'm laughing. Yes, of course they should. Would I ra- <laughs> would I rather have seen Bezos fly to space or them do this? I would rather them do this for sure. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, mentioned before, you know, this was shot in New Zealand again, which is where everything else Lord of the Rings has been shot. It's been reported that shooting will be moved to the UK for season two to trim costs of some sort. Hmm. Am I the only one that that makes nervous? For sure. Like, yeah, like you. I'm the only one or it makes you nervous, too. Uh, no, it makes me nervous, too. Um I, you said that, I don't know how this is going to get edited, but you said basically like middle earth is New Zealand. Like, uh, yeah. we, we know what it looks like. And so, um, I, I think that makes me nervous. The, the one thing that I can come back to is, um, they can still move production to the UK and then go shoot some, like, I don't know what that's called, but when you just shoot some B roll of New Zealand. Hills, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Which they probably already have. Sure. They have a ton of it probably. So um, they should be able to work their way around it because in addition to these giant like uh, outdoor scapes and mountainous regions and stuff like that, 
There's also a fair amount of dark in this season, just as an example, there's a fair amount of like dark, maybe cavey, maybe mm-hmm. oh yeah, uh, for sure. People in captivity in certain areas, places on fire. It's like um those you can shoot anywhere probably so like the scenes that looks that are smaller more closed in more claustrophobic absolutely yeah so so generally it doesn't make me nervous because i think there's probably ways if if they just keep the same quality standards then they can make it work yeah i'm thinking on more of a superstitious level or something oh interesting mystical or uh just like seems like new zealand produces solid gold now, again, you, we could argue about The Hobbit, and, you know, we should. Th- there should be arguments there around The Hobbit. It's not great. But shooting something outside of New Zealand that is from Tolkien seems disrespectful. I don't know why. It's, I mean, it's definitely Even something they're going to move it back to the homeland of Tolkien. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he just, he knew New Zealand was going to be it. <laughs> so I think we both agree this season was a triumph, right? Yes. Do you think Amazon can keep this up is my first question. And where would you like to see the story go from here? Or what do you feel like would be some important things to accomplish with the continuing story? Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the biggest things I'd be nervous about with this is Amazon's TV wing or whatever. Could that potentially go the the way of Netflix? Oh, yeah. Is this going to be another Netflix situation where... We have invested way too much money. Now, Amazon has way more money than Netflix, for sure. Mm -hmm. But also, they can't rob, what is it, Peter to pay Paul or whatever. um, (laughs) Uh, Yes. Forever off your book sales. You mean they they can't keep selling toilet paper to pay for the movies. Yes. How long is that actually going to work out? And then when they can know, so they put a billion dollars into this season can they do a billion next season? And since the answer is probably no, what concessions are you going to make? Is it going to be mm-hmm. not as well done? Are you going to drive up prices on this? Uh, you know, what? it just all depends on what the concessions they're going to make are. I, 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 so can they keep this up? In theory, sure. I just don't see how. So it all depends on what they decide to change. As much as this feels disrespectful, I feel like, this show had such a high bar to clear yeah. that they shot the moon. Yeah. And I think maybe that's nice, but the moon isn't where you have to be to make it good. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there, there is some places to trim. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't exactly know what the UK versus the New Zealand shooting is going to do. I, that's that's irrelevant though because this has been a success i think they will try to continue this on at the same rate at some point though i feel like you get into a situation where you're like they have to believe in the story they have to believe in kind of the mission of the lord of the rings story to you have to want it to to keep this going you really have to want it you know it's not because at at some point making rom-coms makes money too and you know do they does it make you as much money as you know, things like the rings of power. I don't know. Like when we're talking about Amazon prime memberships, maybe, you know, maybe it does. Yeah. So at what point is like, this is just too much money. And I think that's where you really have to kind of believe in the story and, you know, the Lord of the rings universe. Hopefully there are true believers over there. 
you know? And for that matter is like to continue your line of questioning, how many people who are prime subscribers are prime subscribers for the sake of television? Yeah. So like, I'm sure they have all that worked out into some formula or something like that. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, at some point, the fear would be, is it going to be worth it? I do want to answer your other, another part of your question, which was, where's the story go from here? And I, I don't know how to do that without messing everything up. But basically, I would say, I think there's plenty more story to go in what I know, yeah. what else I know happens and, and the other things between, I mean, obviously a thousand years, but even just like in these tiny stories and this mixture of things like the Cimmerillion and other texts, um, there's plenty more little, I mean, there's so many characters you've never even that don't even connect to the overall story that they could kind of go into. And, um, and there's some huge cliffhangers at the end of the season, um, mm-hmm. that in general, you know, where the story, it, they just, they actually mix that really well. In general, you know where the story's going. And at the same time, you're really sort of invested in these cliffhangers, um, and where they're going. I think one thing they did a great job with is drawing lines between this show and the original movies. I think that is one thing that keeps the viewers engaged. I would like to see a little more of that. I, there is one big thing that, that we know happens. If you've seen the movies, you know about it. I'm not going to say it now, but there is one big thing that we're heading towards. And I just hope we don't get there too quickly. Like, I hope we don't go sprinting towards like familiar ground. Just, I don't know. Like, I hope we take our time. I guess that's my main thing. I hope we take our time. Well, you know, and do this the right way. Yeah, but we have so much time before that happens. In what a, are we amount? How do you know? How do you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about the thing that you said I shouldn't have said. There, there's a lot more to happen. First of all, the that is that happens in an overall war mm-hmm. that hasn't even started yet. Mm-hmm. So you know that could go on for a long time. Um, and there's sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I. Yeah, I think since we're seeing characters that I know are associated with that story. Right. Um, yeah, he can only. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I just hope we're not going to go flying into that super quick just to get there. Sure. I don't know. Like, I hope we take our time. That's all. That's my my whole thing there. Yeah. I do want to say one more thing about it. One of my favorite things is it, it's funny because I I'm normally an advocate of uh, nuance and like not just stereotypical good versus evil. But I do think for whatever reason, at this point, I feel like this series came back to me in the right spot to basically say we needed a good old pure evil versus pure good sort of idea. Mm -hmm. And I just think Lord of the Rings does that better than anyone. Than anyone. And I think that it. I miss that. And also. Too many people have tried to do it, but they don't do it well. But I do think mm-hmm. this did it well, and this the stakes are the same, and you know, all, and, and so um, it's fun to be back. And I don't apply that directly to the people I run into around me, but something the, the like broader narrative of like beauty and light and goodness, like that's all those things are are within this show. And Lord of the Rings does it better than anyone, and so it's nice mm-hmm. to have that back. Well, Anthony, I was curious if you would mind <laughs> pitching me a show that I haven't seen before. Sure, I would love to. It's a brand Thank new you. idea you had just now. It just, you know, you always say it head. like we've never done it before. 
yeah, I would love to. So I actually don't know why I haven't brought this up before, but I wanted to bring it up now because I, I don't know exactly how this plays out, but something like right around when this episode comes out, the new season of this show will be coming out. And it's a show called Mythic Quest on Apple TV um, Plus or whatever. It's uh, So it is created by Rob McElhinney, um, who is uh, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and also by Charlie Day, but not Charlie doesn't even they on their podcast they always joke around about how Charlie and and Rob created it together, and then Charlie's never really done anything with it since they like <laughs> created it. But he's on every single episode as co creator or whatever. Uh, anyway, um, it has some crossover characters from It's Always Sunny, but it's completely different than It's Always Sunny. It's about a video game game company. Um, and, um, so it just has all these really interesting things. Um, it's almost like it's very funny. It's very high production quality. And then like, even the video game is it's because it's a video game company, they have a ton of money. And so there's just a whole lot of stuff going on, but they're writing narrative for video games. It's just a modern, they're creating a video game in modern day, but it's Mm. also very sort of like, they are this new tech. So they're like cool nerd type things, rich, cool nerds. And then also, but there's just a ton of heart in this show. They do really interesting things with the show. It's by the way, nothing like it's always a sunny in Philadelphia. It's just a really, really good show. I like it a lot. And they've had, um, uh, that like they have fun little things like, because they're, they're all sort of nerdy. They have, uh, sometimes they'll decide things in the office by playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that's how they, that's how they like, um, come to a conclusion. And then, um, yeah, anyway, or they're like, they have a LARPing episode, uh, and that's how they they have a giant LARP battle within the Mm. office where they, that's how they make a decision about something. So, um, it's just a, it's just a very interesting show. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's got a lot of heart and there's a lot of really cool stuff in it some really good characters and I highly recommend it. And I think it comes out November 11th, um, is the new season, which would be the third. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. Excellent. What do you got? Well, my show is definitely more of a guilty pleasure Hmm. watch for me. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called safe Hmm. and it is based on a book by Harlan Coben. But um, there's like a there's a gated community and there's a kidnapping and it's almost like a game of Clue, like whodunit type thing. But it's got it's uh, stars Michael C. Hall, who's Dexter. Um, And it's I think I'm looking here at the cast. It's a very British cast, but I don't remember the accents being British. So that's interesting to me. Um, It might they might be. I just don't that didn't. It's not something that's sticking with me anyway. Very bingeable. Um, definitely something you could just, you know, take care of in a weekend. It's kind of a fun watch light, uh, light. Also, uh, there's like murder and stuff. So <laughs> maybe not that light, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun, um, you know, fluffy watch. Okay. You're not going to watch it. Okay. Maybe I got tripped up by the fluff of like, it's a simple watcher. So I forget. What it's you- a little sensationalized. Okay. It's which would make, which was why I think it's like, maybe I'm using the wrong adjectives here, but it's just kind of cheap. Like it's a cheap thrill almost. Yeah. Guilty pleasure though. 100%. Is it, I wouldn't say it's super serious though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay it's okay. got, it's got a, that's, well, that's, when I, that's so fluffy makes you think lighthearted. Yes. 
Oh no, it's yeah. it's definitely serious. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's where I, I got would just say out. it's not super like deep. You know, like it's a just a very. No, I got you. Um, yeah, I, okay. We're good now. I yeah, I think I when you said fluff, I thought like it was a sarcastic take on like all that stuff. Or it was like no. uh, that Kristen Bell show. No, no, no. So, yeah, something like that. So. Anyway, I got, I, got, yeah. I got you now. It's yeah, it's serious, but it's like a little over the top, over dramatized and sensationalized, and yeah, but it's super bingeable. So nice, it get it get you. What have you been? Uh, what have you been watching, man? Well, nothing. As nothing new. So here's the problem. Well, we're in we're in that point in time where. Like I'm watching like eight or nine things right now, but I bring them up, up every week and I don't want to keep doing that. So I'm, I've been watching the same stuff. I'm continuing not to mention the fact that we now are going to do some new shows here coming up soon. And so mm-hmm. I've been watching those as we go. Mm-hmm. I just watched a bunch of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and mm-hmm. we're going to do a Wrexham ex- episode. I continue to watch that, but like Wrexham just dropped six episodes in the last like two weeks or something like that. So that that's a lot to take in. Anyway, I've been have doing, you have you finished Wrexham? No, not yet. No. Oh, not yet. No, but I I don't think. It, oh, you said the finale is really really good or something. It's just a, yeah, it's it's quite a bit. I feel like it's quite a bit different in the like the style of shooting and editing. Oh, cool. It just, they the way they assembled the show is really cool. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. That episode is really cool. Yeah, so cool. anyway, so uh, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but. Cool. Recently, I've been watching a ton of baseball because the Guardians, I mean, we're we're lucky I'm even coherent on this episode because they just lost the playoffs about an hour and a half ago. So yeah. um, so I've been watching a ton of baseball because when they're in the playoffs, I watch like every moment of it. But right. I'm curious. So I want to whine about something. <laughs> oh, man. Listen. Okay. So number one, we had some shady stuff go down in New York because they were supposed to play last night and it got rained out with very little rain somehow. Oh, and magically all of a sudden, oh, we have a starter that's available now who wasn't available yesterday because he was on short rest and now he's magic. Oh, are you doing the Yankees right there? Yes. Yeah. That's my (laughs) Yankees impression. Number two. It really, really irked me this time. This is what, like, we complain about this all the time, and I feel like Cleveland fans just are infamous for whining about this sort of thing. So I get sick of even myself saying it. But Bob Costas was really making me mad, and I lost a ton of respect for Bob Costas during this playoffs (laughs) because he was clearly on the side of the Yankees. TBS was on the side of the Yankees. It was so biased, it was unbelievable. And Costas, like, he kept, like, he was not, I just had way more respect for him before now. And then he like threw it all out and was a total homer for, I don't even know if he's from New York, but he was a homer for the Yankees. And just like, it was like a, when are they going to dispense with this team? So the Yankees can move on to their rightful place in, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know. I just wanted to whine about that. And yeah, no, that's, that's terrible. It's awful. Especially when, you're not the Yankees or the Braves or the Dodgers and you don't make it every year. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, <laughs> it's, t- well, I, I, and I know exactly what that's like. Our, one of our home broadcasters was a bigger for the Reds yeah. was a bigger Cubs fan than he was a Reds fan. <laughs> yeah. And every time we yeah. would face the Cubs, he would just, yeah. gosh, these guys are so good. <laughs> you know, all this. Yeah. But anyway, everyone would get furious about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's terrible. It's awful when that happens. 
You know, you just want them to shut up and go away. Is that just the, so what's interesting about, I think that brings up a couple different, we don't have to get into all of it, but the, the, like what's, what's funny is regional sports broadcasting is really cool. Actually. Um, like, so not to bring it to MLS, but like next year, there is no, there are no regional broadcasts for MLS because it's all on Apple TV plus. So that's the sacrifice of the blackouts is no game is blacked out. Every game is on Apple TV plus all in the same spot. Every single MLS game. The downside is we like, we loved us. Crew fans loved our broadcasters and they're all gone. It's, oh, they are gone. They're all national broadcast now. Yeah, I found that out. So yeah. that's confirmed. We were talking about that. Yeah. We weren't sure. They're gone. They, oh, so man. it's all national broadcasts. So you lose that. And then like, you know, Bally's, uh, the the Guardians um, broadcasters, I like them a lot. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to be able to pick your feed and watch the, the people you want. And yeah. You don't pay much attention to that being a big deal until you hear Bob Costas like drooling over the Yankees for four days straight. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, I, I obviously I understand there's more Yankee fans than Guardians fans. There's and and the market is much, much bigger. But um it just seems so weird to it, it's just so unpleasurable. And baseball trend Well, and it it does make you feel like they think we don't belong here. Sure. They definitely you know, it do. does. Make, it does make you think that. Yeah. And it just, it does stink. It, it definitely does yeah. for sure. And as if like, um, Costa said some dumb thing about, um, oh, he said, um, and the guardians with, uh, smaller pay payroll relatively. I was like, relatively, it's like $300 <laughs> million to like $5 million. It's, it's just like, it's not, not even relatively. It's like, and, oh yeah, and, it's a lot less. And for some reason they want they want the bigger one. Like who roots for Goliath? I don't I don't, I don't understand. I thought America loved underdog stories. Yeah. Apparently I, not. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. What have you been watching? Oh, who cares? <laughs> what have you been watching? <laughs> I've been watching a ton of the Wonder Years for mm-hmm. really no reason at all. Well no, we're gonna do an and, episode, right? Well, that's not why I just Oh, okay kicked it sure, on yeah, you know yeah if we do an episode it might be next i don't know yeah, when we'll do it yeah. we haven't talked about it um i watched or i started all or nothing tottenham hotspur um it's, i think it might be am i saying that correctly yeah, or is yeah, it yeah. hooventude <laughs> juventus something okay because i, I was brace bracing myself for another correcting spell this one might be a little i might like it a little more than the arsenal really one be, because i think something about the arsenal is like they're a better club. They're a little more uh-huh. sterile. Like everything's a little more like perfection, yeah. you know, with Arsenal. Uh-huh. This is a little more down and dirty, oh, like a little more spirited. Um, I thought it was anyway. very interesting that they went to, I mean, I've obviously seen that I finished the. I finished Arsenal. So um, I won't say it's better. And I'm definitely not saying Tottenham's better than Arsenal. I'm just no, saying, I, know, I, know. I think the show, it might be like better television. I find that, it that interesting makes- that they went straight to Tottenham Arsenal's biggest rival, like right after that. That's just fine. Well, I think Arsenal was after Tottenham. Oh, okay. Okay. I think because the Tottenham's 2019, I think the Arsenal one was pretty new. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, anyway. I think, uh, yeah, I think this is, we're only a year past where Arsenal okay. was in real time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, I like it. Finished Wrexham. So good. Yep. And I started Wheel of Time back up. I had someone poop on it pretty hard when I was watching it the first time, so I never finished it. Uh, um, but I was in the mood for more sword and shield type yeah, stuff. Yeah, fantasy, yeah. 
fantasy. And anyway, so I'm I'm rolling on that now. Well, so did you like it or what? I am maybe two or three in, and I like it so far. So we'll have a full update when I when I finish it. But yeah, I'm. It's no rings of power. Let's of be course, clear. yeah. Let's be clear. Uh, and a lot, and actually, a lot of people are saying Wheel of Time should have gotten the budget that Rings of Power. I mean, I don't agree, but anyway, it was. Uh, it's good so far. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep going. Anyway, what's up with that's what's up with Prime and British stuff? Is it British stuff or book adaptations? Well, books sure, certainly, but because they do, a I lot feel like of a lot of British actors are on Prime. Number one, uh, I feel similar. I mean, Netflix British shows. Yeah, maybe. And then also, yeah, I guess I, it might just be what I'm watching somehow, but it just seems like all the British stuff ends up on Prime slash a lot of the actors end up being British on Prime. Mm. Well, um, so like I know there is some type of connection there with like uh, Masterpiece Theater. You know, a lot of that. There's a connection there with Prime PBS stuff. Um, um, so I don't know if that has any effect on it, but that could be okay, something. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Good? Yeah. That does it for this episode of Good Show. Good Show is created, recorded, edited, and produced by Anthony Mako and Brandon Sharp. Our theme music was written and recorded by me, Anthony, and all our graphics and socials are developed by Brandon. If you've enjoyed your time with us, please make sure to like or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you appreciate our show, please throw us a rating and a review there too. If you'd like to discuss any of our content, you can search The Good Show Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at The Good Show Podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.